Hello. And so it begins. I'm Bartleby Nehi. And I'm Artemis Nehi. And though I've not agreed to be a part of this show, I'm being held against my will. Not at all. You can go at any time. Sure, you say that. But then you create spatial portals leading me back in here. We're the Kinetic Paranormal Society. A pair of socks and a magic wardrobe traveling through time and space investigating the supernatural. You're totally free to go, Artemis. Fool me once, shame on you. And you're listening to Metacosmos. Fool me twice, shame on me. And I don't know how many times have you fooled me now. What episode are we on? How much shame must I bear? Oh, Artemis. Is this going to have to be an episode about shame again? Well, isn't always about an episode about shame? Because I don't think this is becoming of us. It's more about what we're becoming, Artemis. Oh, you just made that up. Yeah, and that's part of what the show is great for, making up really cool things. Bartleby, please, really. Okay, so let's start by marinating the episode. I want to tell everyone about our awesome weekend last weekend. Because we went and were part of the Shirler Sunday's Opening debut performance for their Sunday performances at the Three Magnets Brewery, or just outside the Three Magnets Brewery. Oh, yes, that was that was very fun. Those were wonderful people, quite bright-eyed and, and friendly. And and what, what was it you wanted to say about it? Oh, I just wanted to tell everyone that I was interviewed for the podcast Low Profile with Mark Lee Morrison. Oh, where are you now? Yeah, that was part of what the performance was. And so it's a really awesome podcast where they, like, Interview music artists? Are you a music artist? I work with musicians, yeah. What musicians? Have you not noticed we have a soundtrack? What soundtrack? The one in in our our puppet show. Do you really want to call it a puppet show? Well, in this dimension, it's a puppet show. In in our dimension, it's reality. This dimension is more of a reenactment through a puppet show. If you want to get particular, yeah, that's what it is. Haven't we agreed we're not going to talk about it anymore? No one should know about it? But anyways, yeah, so... We were there, we, we were part of the reenactment, and then um, I talked to Mark Lee Morrison, and it was awesome, and there's some, like, really fun people, and I hope that if you're one of them and you're here listening, welcome to listening to Metacosmos. Oh, right then. Does this finish the episode? No, that's the marinade. Artemis, you know this. We gotta marinate the episode. Oh, fine. W- what's this episode about? Well, actually... Today is going to be a meta Q&A. You want to play questions? Yeah, I have a lot of questions. Ah, what? Why? Why not? What for? First, we need to make sure that they understand what a question is. Is there anyone else? What is the time? Okay, so here you go, Artemis. Um, here's, here's the list of questions. We're going to do this in our original format where you read the questions and I answer them. Why don't I get to answer questions? I'm totally willing to have some input. You are the co-host. Like, come on, you can do this a little more enthusiastically. It's really on you. All right. You make a point. Yeah, just go ahead. And, you know, there's, there's names of the people who are asking the questions. Wait. So these are real people listening to our show? Yeah, yeah. And they're asking us questions because I asked people if they had any questions and people came through with questions. All right, then. Okay. Our first question is from Scott. Yeah? Yes, and Scott asks, Are extraterrestrials green or some other color? Oh, thank you, Scott. That's a great question. The thing is, is first of all, I want to say that color is a relative experience because every, like, creature's got, like, different eyes that are set 
to different parts of the light spectrum. And what you experience as the visible light spectrum is, I'm assuming you're like a homo sapien, um, is going to be something in a very limited band of that spectrum. And so other creatures have different different um, access to that band. And so when you see a color of a creature from another world, the chances that they see you in the colors that you think you are is also different. But putting all that aside, all of the relativity aside, skin is, again, I'm assuming you're a homo sapien, is kind of translucent. And there's like a whole rainbow of colors when you get into like the blues of the veins and a little bit of sunburn and all those little things all add up to make a rainbow people and they're a rainbow of colors and everybody's got a rainbow in them. And you know, also there's fur and feathers and scales and all of those have variations in color and are rarely when a creature has a color is it just one single color? There's many colors amongst their colors. Yeah, and like butterfly wings. Because butterfly wings are like really, really complicated structures. Like, for instance, a blue butterfly isn't actually blue, but like the microscopic structure of the butterfly wing makes it only reflect back the blue light of a specific species of butterfly, obviously. Do you know which one? I I'm that didn't, didn't note that. All right, then. And so everybody's kind of a rainbow people, and we're all part of that rainbow. And I imagine if you were to, like, back up and look at a people who are rainbowy or a bunch of rainbowy people from a distance, they might be a kind of collectively a, a greenish gray. And that's probably why people think the aliens are greenish or grayish or something like that. So, yeah, I hope that answered your question, Scott. I don't think it did. Uh, can I get the next question? What does it all add up to? Who? How would I know? Why do you ask? Are you serious? For that matter. Do you have any questions? There's the question. What is space? Oh, right. Okay. The next question is from Sarah. And Sarah wants to know, how do you spot another paranormal human? Oh, okay. Well, check it out, Sarah. I like to think that the human experience is a paranormal experience. And, like, that's why everyone's going to listen to our show eventually. Very optimistic of you. But the really question is, what is normal? Like, is there a normal? Because a, a lot more people these days identify as neurodivergent. What are they diverging from? Uh, that's the question. Like, is there a thing that is actually a normal place for neurons to be? Because it's not like people understand how the brain works. The brain, the ocean, space, these things are, like, vast. And they're kind of hard to get a grip on. So it's, it, it, it could be said that there isn't really a norm of the experience. So everyone's having a paranorm experience. But the main thing is, is that you have to find the paranormal people that build you up. Because you need support in this world. It's a hard world. You're a homo sapien. Again, I'm assuming you're a homo sapien. And in, in that case, you're part of a community. And you want the people that build you up. And not in like the culty way. You don't want to get involved with the kind of culty build you up kind of way because cults are really not something you want to mess with. And one of the ways you can spot a cult is like a cult leader wants you to like really feel super great, but they also want you to feel super great with a dependence on them so that you can feel great because of them. And warning anyone who does that in a relationship, that's a culty relationship and you, you don't want to do that. 
All right, then. So, how do you distinguish a cult from not a cult? Well, ideally, if it's it's not a cult, they want to build you up to believe in yourself more more than anything, because you're what's bringing your end of the relationship to the relationship is through you. So, yeah, you, if they're building you up, that's the right way to go. And I don't have a cult. If anything, I have not a cult. And it's more of a Metacosmos fan club. There's no Metacosmos fan club. What about Scott and Sarah? Have you ever thought about them? Does that count as a fan club? It could. If they get proactive about it. So, do you have any more questions? Oh, uh, yes, I have another question here. All right, this question's from Beth. And Beth asks, What is the function of the quest for shrubbery? What's that mean? The function of the quest for shrubbery. Uh, I think the real question we should start with is, What is the function of shrubbery? Really? Yes, because the function of shrubbery is... To live off of, because life needs to, like, have something to eat, and all the animals need something to eat, and that's what the shrubbery provides them. Well, if you're going to get to that, isn't there a more dynamic relationship that we should look at, where the nitrogen in the ground is, is transformed into proteins from the anabane, and, and then the, the proteins are consumed by the animals and into building the aminos and the building blocks of life? The anabane? Yes, yes, nitrogen-fixing microscopic life forms that transform the nitrogen into consumable means that the plant can absorb it from the soil and turn it into protein. Whoa. Cool. And, and, oh, oh, the shrubbery also stabilizes the soil with its roots and creates, like, a micro-ecosystem. And there's, like, just hundreds of bugs and dozens of species living in a single tree. And they all are, like an ecosystem together. And that's like a really special thing that gets like created through shrubbery. So in a way, the quest for shrubbery is like, it's like the quest for life. Wow. Okay. I didn't know where that question had any potential, but you really found it. That's what Metacosmos is for. So, oh, do we have any more questions, Artemis? You've seen the list. You handed it to me. You know there's more questions. Read me the next question. You have to ask questions. Do you have any other questions for me? Who do you think you are? Every question must have a definable answer and... What is that? Well... What are you driving at? I intend to find those answers. What's that? Oh, right. This next question is from Dan. And Dan wants to know... What's the deal with the Mandela effect? Did the CERN particle collider change the dimension we're in? Or are we in some kind of glitching simulator? Oh, Dan. Dan, Dan, Dan. The only simulator glitching is our own perception because perception is, like, super-duper limited. And, um, like, we have limited bandwidth on what we're able to pay attention to. So those limitations make it so that sometimes reality doesn't come through correctly the first time. And a lot of us can have a similar glitch because we're all going through really similar stresses. And so you get a similar glitch that makes you misremember an event. And sometimes it's because you're not paying attention. And sometimes because you're like smarter than you think and you don't even know it. And you're like subconsciously doing something that you don't realize you're doing. What are you talking about? Well, okay. So the Mandela effect for anyone who doesn't know is this idea that like some people think it's like, oh, we're all in different dimensions because, because our, our, our memories of the past are different than they were. And, and now they're, we realize that things aren't the way we thought they were. Like what? 
Oh, like, for instance, um, some people believe that Nelson Mandela died in prison. And then they found out that he got out of prison and became the president of South Africa. Yes. And that's because um, probably they heard that he almost died in prison. They missed the part that said almost. And they then, like, went on thinking he died in prison because they weren't paying attention when someone said, oh, Nelson Mandela almost died in prison. They're like, oh, yeah, died in prison, Nelson Mandela. And enough people did that that they, like, just lived in a world where they didn't even know who the president of South Africa was. I bet if you asked them, well, then who was the president of South Africa when Nelson Mandela was dead? They don't have an answer because they weren't paying attention. Yes, indeed. That does make sense. But it's, it's more than that. Like, for instance, there's a lot of people, like, most people believe that in, in, the, in the movie Empire Strikes Back, like, Darth Vader says, Luke, I am your father. Yes. And he doesn't say that. He says, no. I am your father. Yes, of course. And then some people think that in Snow White, it goes mirror, mirror on the wall, but it actually goes magic mirror on the wall. All right. So is this all just like pop culture things from here? Well, actually, I mostly like, for instance, Pikachu's tail doesn't have a black tip. Uh Uh-huh. And this is important? Yeah. Could it just be that there's some sort of satire that happened, like some sort of skit that was parodying the Star Wars, and it said, Luke, I am your father, and it was on television and repeated. So everyone saw the repeating satire version and remembered that. Yeah, that makes sense with what I'm saying, yeah. And what about the magic mirror and mirror mirror? Wasn't there a Brady Bunch episode like that? Maybe, yeah. So, like, yeah, so through satire and parody, people misremember it, and I bet it was a bootleg version of Pikachu that people saw, and they just went, oh, Pikachu's got a black tail, but that's just because it was a bootleg version of Pikachu. Probably can explain all of these this way. Give give us another example. Well, the Berenstein Bears. Berenstein Bears? Is that how you say that? Yeah, yeah. The Berenstein Bears. Like the series from the 60s by Stanley and Janice Berenstein. And so that's actually the perfect example of like, how do you say Berenstein? I don't think that's the way you say it. It's spelled with an A. Yes, exactly. And a lot of people remember it being spelled with an E. Well, you're saying it wrong. You're saying Berenstein. But when it's pronounced with an A, it's either Berenstein or Berenstein. Yes, exactly. Because Berenstein with an E is Berenstein or Berenstein, and Berenstein with an A is Berenstein or Berenstein. Aha. Uh-huh. I think it happens somewhere between Stanley and Janice's agent talking to their publisher, talking to the Scholastic Book Catalog, and somewhere in there, everyone knows that Baron Stein is also Baron Stein. And they all know that Baron Stein is also Baron Stein. So they all just looked at it and went Baron Stein Bears and then put in the E because somewhere between the agent, the publisher, and the scholastic book, somebody started mispronouncing it. Really? And they just, people just imagined an E from hearing the pronunciation. Exactly. Oh, right. So that's your Mandela effect. Yeah, it's just a misperception and a glitch in your own Matrix simulator. So, look out for that. You know, don't go starting blaming the entire universe. There's a really great episode of Star Trek. Oh, yes, the one with Beverly and the universe is shrinking around her until she seems insane. Yeah, she's like, I'm not broken, so it must be the universe. But most of us aren't in a sci-fi where the universe is shrinking around us because our son was playing with some sort of quantum physics generator. 
So when you think that the universe is completely going wild, maybe you should question your own perception, you know, just as a safety measure. All right. Well, it looks like we have one more question. What in God's name is going on? What do you ask? What is it, Papa? And how can it be so powerful if it's invisible? All I do is ask questions, just like you do. That's the most important thing. Can you answer the question? Anybody could do that. Do you want to play questions? Okay, give it to me. Oh, this is a long one. It's written like a letter. Yeah, yeah, keep going. All right. Dear Bartleby, I'm in a long-term relationship, but I don't know where the love went, or if it was ever there to begin with. Oh, no. We started the relationship by repeatedly threatening to break up. Eventually, I got used to it and consigned myself to the cycle. That was years ago. But since then, it feels like we are just playing a game of chicken, each of us staying in the relationship to prove to one another that the problem isn't ourselves. But we barely talk. The bedroom is dead, and I wish my partner would just break up with me already. But even when they do, it isn't real. Other than that, the relationship is fine. How do I break the cycle? Signed, Betting They Will Flinch First. Oh my. Okay, well, betting they will flinch first. I think to, like, address this, we need to talk about an episode of Radiolab. Is this going to be a podcast about a podcast? Kind of, yeah. We need to talk about the episode of Radiolab called The Golden Rule. And it actually just recently re-aired, like, in April. So it should be pretty easy to find for anyone who wants to listen. But I'm going to spoil it a little bit before we go there. So it's about a game show in the UK called Golden Balls. And Golden Balls is a game show about people betraying one another and being dastardly and being like, ooh. And and there's a whole bunch of people at the beginning of the show and they play games that like eliminate each other until you get down to two players and they play a round of Golden Balls. Golden Balls. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of like it works like this. They each are given two golden balls. And one golden ball says steal. And the other one says split. And she has split and steal as the two golden balls. And they're going to pick one and drop it into a little container. And the other one drops their ball. And in there, there's a pool of money that they've been gathering up throughout the episode as they've been gathering money up and betraying each other. And they have this pool of money. And now they have each have a, a ball. And if they each choose split, then they split the money. And if one of them chooses steal and the other one chooses split, the steal person gets all of the money. But if they both choose steal, neither of them get the money. And so it's like this prisoner's dilemma where they're just both trying to convince the other one. Is that what a prisoner's dilemma is? Uh, not exactly, but it's like still, it's kind of like that. And they're both trying to convince the other one that they are definitely going to split the winnings. But more times than not, the people just, one of them gets betrayed or they both betray each other because it's like they're really scared that the other person's going to not do them right. And so betting they will flinch first. Relationships are, are really not that different from the way this works. And a lot of people are in this kind of relationship mess that you're in because they're sitting there the whole time just like say, I'm playing split. I really am, but I might steal at any minute because they're doing it to like emotionally protect themselves. 
because they don't want to show the kind of commitment that it really takes to actually split. And meanwhile, they're like, I just might have to steal. But that's just like treating a relationship like it's a zero-sum game, and it isn't. Oh. So, this is your advice? Well, no, no. There's more to the story. This is not where it ends. So this guy named Nick Corrigan, he comes up with a plan that's going to break the show Golden Balls. He's going to break those balls. Do you have to, like, phrase it that way? Yeah, because what happens is he gets on the show. He's like a professional dude who goes on game shows and wins stuff and then donates it to the nonprofit he works for. That's a profession? Apparently so. So Nick goes on the show. He gets down to the very end. He, like, manages to survive to the very end. And and then he goes up against this one dude, Ibrahim, and him and Ibrahim are there. And he's like, okay, Ibrahim, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm planning on playing steel. I'm playing steel, and you should better play split. Because if you play split and I steal it, I promise to give you half the money after the show. And everyone was shocked. They're like, can you do that? He's like, check it out. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not lying. And, and so he went from the get-go. He just decided to say, look, I'm not going to stick around in this relationship. But I actually am. I'm just telling you that outright openly. So, like, it's kind of like an example of, like, the importance of open communication. Because it, it was actually going to be 45 minutes that they edited down for the final episode where Ibrahim and Nick went back and forth. And Ibrahim was like, my father told me to never tell a lie. And then our word was everything. And it turned out Ibrahim doesn't even know his dad. And so he just made that up. But in the end, Nick did play split. And they both played split. And they shared the money. So the reality is, when you're in these relationships where you're like, I'm going to, I'm planning on stealing, or I'm here to split, but I'm actually planning on stealing, but you keep staying there, you're actually playing split. And, and that's what's really going on. You're just actually playing split because life just, 45 minutes they were there. They could have done it in five minutes, but they took 45 minutes to argue it. And so that's years of your life going by where you're pretending that you're going you're gonna to split or you're going to steal and the whole time you think you're going to steal or you're not sure what you're going to do. And, and you're just like actually splitting the whole time because you're splitting that time with that person. And, you know, you got to look out for yourself. It's, it's okay to do that. And it's kind of like when we answered Sarah's question, you got to find the paranormal people that build you up. So if you're going to play split, make sure it's like building you up and it's not in a cult way because that's super duper important. Oh, that's that's very nice, Bartleby. I, I think I needed to hear that. You're welcome, Artemis. And I hope that helps you out there betting they will flinch. So, yeah, thanks all for listening. I think this is where we wrap it up. Oh, finally. Yes, there are no more questions here. I totally didn't notice. I was so enraptured with your answer. Golden balls, you say? Yeah. So, thanks for listening. I'm Bartleby Nehi, and Metacosmos is produced in association with Humboldt Hot Air. HumboldtHotAir.org is the place to listen to cool stuff anytime you're like, what should I listen to? Go there and listen. You know? And Metacosmos is produced by Isaac Bluefoot, who also produces our other podcast, the Kinetic Paranormal Society podcast. Do not say anything more. You can find both this show and that show at kineticparanormalsociety.com. Isaac, 
is also the producer of another show called Superman, Son of Al, the unauthorized biography of Clark Kent. And it's like really awesome and like an emotionally inspiring version of hearing Superman's story told. And you can listen to that wherever you listen to podcasts. And get yourself a deck of OmenQuest cards at OmenQuestCards.com. Super fun deck of cards that I think you're really going to appreciate having with you at any given moment. Yeah, you can always contribute to Isaac's work at Patreon.com slash Bluefoot. So, thank you so much for coming out. And I love you. Bartleby, I, I don't know how to phrase this, but, um... I don't know if this relationship's building me up. What? No. Yeah, of course it is. It's it's super nourishing.